Amen. Um, today, um, <clears throat> in our series through 2 Corinthians, I'd like to tag our text today, Living a Commendable Life. Living a Commendable Life. Lord, Most High, God of all creation, God of the seen and the unseen, will you encourage us with gospel commendability today? Uh, that which is commendable and amenable by heaven, Lord God, so that we can see the difference and the paradox, God, of being a believer and of being a believer and how our philosophy based on the world's rubric could find us distant from your depths, distant from your truth. So God, will you turn us and attune us to your heart's frequency? Um, so that we may know you more deeply and express our commitment to you through faith more practically because of your commitment to us and our com continuous faith commitment to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, it's funny, um, accidentally, my kids turned on the TV and Good Times was on. They love Good Times. They think JJ is the best comedian that ever existed on planet Earth. And um, I said, you know, what the heck? I'm gonna sit down and we're gonna just watch a couple of episodes. <laughs> so this one episode comes on, and of course, you know, JJ is the Picasso of the ghetto, and he is uh, <clears throat> using some landmark paintings from a famous author, Ernest, uh, who actually draws those, but he's, he's, he's giving credit for it in the TV show, the elongated, soulful paintings that were painted in the late 60s and early 70s by this great um, artist. And so, uh, Sweet Daddy Williams. Some of y'all may not know what I'm talking about. Y'all need to ch check the stats. But Sweet Daddy Williams sponsored JJ uh, to be able uh, to have an art exhibit at a famous hotel in Chicago at that time. And uh, the painting was supposed to be of Sweet Daddy's, they don't say this no more, but they said it back then, Main Squeeze. And, um, and, and Sweet Daddy liked the way that this painting was coming along. Uh, his main squeeze finally came in town. Of course, everybody had on fur coats, of course. Rings on every finger and all different types of chains on. And she walks through uh, the ghetto doors of the Chicago projects at the Evans household and she walks in and she makes her entrance and then she walks around to the painting and says, what is this? And she begins going off <coughs> about JJ's interpretation of what she looks like. And her and JJ begin going back and forth and she begins going off and of course Sweet Daddy is embarrassed 
and he begins to walk out of there. And as he begins to walk out of there, he's frustrated. And, and JJ said, you liked it at first. And he, they're all angry and frustrated. And they begin to bust out of there. And JJ's looking at the painting and everybody's like, but that's you. You know what I'm saying? But for her, she didn't think that was her because it was circles around the eyes and all different types of things that she refused to see when she looked in the mirror. And how some of us can be when our lives are painted in our minds, but actually painted in the eyes of God. When God paints our lives and we get to see <clears throat> what lives or what our lives are really like, it can be shocking and really disturbing. I would even say um, our view of the Christian life must ever be in evolving because I believe that most Christians have a very skewed view of what a real Christian life is like. Most of the Christian life is obscure. Most of the Christian life is daunting. Long seasons of times of sowing and reaping, times of brokenness, times of enjoyment, times of frustration, times of excitement. I mean, uh, the Christian life was already summed up in Kohelet chapter 3 or Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time and season for everything. But there is a disposition of Christianity being communicated through most of the corridors of mega edifices about the reality of a Christian life that's uh, sufferingless, that has no challenges, and that your sanctification is based on how good your life seems to be without any seamless imperfections that exist in your life. The more perfect your life gets, it's because you're growing spiritually. But when I look at the Bible, I see a different narrative. In the narrative of the scriptures, I see this paradox, this paradox of the coexistence of enjoyment, the coexistence of joy, the coexistence of comfort with brokenness, with loss, with pain, with frustration, and them simultaneously hovering like helicopters beside each other, shooting at each other, yet stop trying to fight to stay in orbit together. And I know that I'm talking to you right now because many of you struggle in your Christian life with wanting the Christian life to be the TV Christian life that's communicated by false teachers. However, if you continue to allow yourself to put yourself on an unredeemed trajectory of the Christian life, you will find yourself frustrated and moving towards apostasy. But if you say to yourself and you recognize the beauty of the tension that you can never get rid of, the beauty of the brokenness that you can't shake off, uh, the beauty of the, uh, 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 of, the, of the ailments that you can't pray off of you, but exist in a reality where God sometimes delivers, sometimes God doesn't, but sometimes and most of the time, matter of fact, all the time he's up to something. And so, and, so, and so Paul begins to challenge the Corinthians. This is nothing new. They believe they deserve their best life now. They believe they deserved to be rich. They believe that they deserve no sickness. They believe they deserve no suffering. They, they really believe that. And Paul begins to rub up against them when he begins to talk to them about the reason why they reject his apostleship. They reject his apostleship because his apostleship doesn't look like the Christianity that they believed in. And when those things rub up against each other, family of God, the encouragement, though, is the might of what the gospel does in the midst of all of that, which brings me to my first 
point. Hopefully I can get through all of this. First point, when it comes to living a commendable life, you must know that favor flows from the gospel, not us. <laughs> favor, somebody say favor. Favor flows from the gospel, not us. Look at uh, what Paul says. He says, working together with him, talking about <coughs> the Lord, I love this. <clears throat> we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. He says, for he says, <clears throat> in, a time, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. <clears throat> Paul begins this section after talking about uh, the fact that we are ambassadors on a mission for the Lord and that our salvation is based on what Christ has done for us and taking on the wrath of God and us promoting that reality in every single uh, uh, time we get an opportunity. So he begins to transition in chapter uh, 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 six, yet keeping the same vein, and he begins talking about favor. Somebody says favor. favor. Now, what I like about this is he puts favor in context. Because he quotes Isaiah, and as he begins to quote Isaiah, he begins to quote, quote a passage that Isaiah wrote about Israel, who would go through a very, very difficult time, uh, yet God would provide a favorable opportunity. And Paul is basically saying, this favor has been released through the messianic death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this favor has been inaugurated. So somebody should have shouted right there because listen, you, you shout, oh, favor's on my life, hallelujah. We hear favor ain't fair and all of us love favor. But the question though is, what does the text say favor looks like? Now when we begin to look at what favor looks like, I don't know everybody gonna like that. But the book, when the book tells you what favor looks like, you get kind of rocked off of the fact that it doesn't look like our branded Instagram uh, 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 best looking pictures. It, it, in other words, we, you can put your best foot forward, but you do have to live real life. And all of us get to snapshot the best pictures we could take to give people the appearance that we're beasts and everything's okay. Uh, 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 but, but, but the selfies in this passage tell a, tell a different story and the memes in this passage tells us different means that God works to, through to challenge us. And so as he quotes Isaiah, he walks through this reality and challenges us, challenges us uh, to look at what Paul is saying in relation to our reality and what the Christian life really, really looks like. Number two, number two as he works through this day of salvation, what it looks like, how God has helped us. Number two, this idea of living a commendable life recognizes that God does his best work in less than ideal circumstances. <laughs> Y'all should have ran out the building right there. You, you gotta recognize, listen, that God does his best work in your life in less than ideal circumstances. Oh my God. L look at what the text says. This is nuts to me. Look at what it says. Recon he, say he says, we put <coughs> no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with 
our ministry. Uh, I like the way the New Living Translation translated. It says, and we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. I like that. So Paul begins to say, he recognizes that when you become a believer, your life is not your own. And your life not being your own is the greatest freedom you can experience because you owning your life always messed up your life. <laughs> you're, 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 you, you never, in your hands, your life is, a, is, is, is foolishness. In your hands, your life is a plum mess. In your hands, I don't care how well you spent in the mirror doing your hair, the beauty shop, the barber shop. I don't care if you go get the, the pedicure, the manicure, get the best gear on the planet, best perfume, best cologne, uh, work out, did all your Pilates, P90X, uh, or whatever you did. I'm just telling you right now, your life in your hands is a mess. Paul recognizes that. And so Paul says, because my life isn't my own, I have to live my life with a gospel vibe to it. And what he means by God, what I mean by gospel vibe is I want to live in a way where nothing in my life gets in the way of communicating who Jesus Christ is. That means sometimes some of the stuff I want to do, I don't do. Uh oh, you're meddling now, preacher. There are some things in your life that you have a right to do that you have no right to do. Uh-oh. Um, see, see, many of us, see, listen, listen, listen to some of us. See, listen to some of us. See, see we're in the era of, uh, uh, of contemporary upgraded Christianity. And so, and, so, and so we love to push the envelope of saying that we're still in the faith, uh, not really caring about the, other, the outside of the envelope that people will open up and see. <laughs> it's, 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 so what happens is, is we'll do what gives us a like from others. Help me today. <clears throat> and, and not live in light of, man, I got to fall back from some stuff if it's going to best reflect the heart of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sometimes you have to fall back from some stuff or timing or where you do it, help me, in order to not become an obstacle to someone. Let me see if I can make it plain just real quick. Um, 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 my, my, I remember when Nehemiah, my middle son, uh, first started walking, and, and, and he loved to run around our ottoman. That was his, that was his thing. And um, Manny would always, my oldest son, would always have stuff everywhere around the ottoman. And so Nehemiah would trip over the stuff because he wasn't a strong walker. Because he wasn't a strong walker, yet he wasn't able to, you know, do an Olympic gallop over stuff. So what he was doing is he was holding on and he would just fall and try to get back up. Because, and so I said, I, said, I said, Manny, you have to, son, you got to move all the stuff around the ottoman so that Nehemiah has freedom to learn how to walk, to learn how to hold on and walk so that he can strengthen his legs so that he can have the depth of mobility that we have. Many of us don't want to move the obstacles out of our life. People, some people in your life are barely holding on. And there's a bunch of stuff that you, not somebody else, not their past, you have in their way 
that is an obstacle to them being able to be strengthened in their legs, like Hebrew says, and to be able to hold on to the living God and move forward. Paul said, I live in such a way where I'm so free, I don't have to have everything I need, I mean, everything I want. Some of y'all need to watch where you show your liberties. Some of you all are too flagrant with your liberties. I mean, it's, it's, I understand and you're going to put, if somebody says something, you're going to give me a theological treatise on why you're free to do that. Let me tell you something. If you have to give a theological treatise on why you're free, you're immature spiritually. (laughs) Because the fact that someone is wondering must put you in a mindset of fall backage versus push forwardage. (laughs) It's not your job to push the immature to maturity in looking at your liberties maturely. And so sometimes you have to say, you know what? I'm not going to have the enjoyment when I go out with my friends. I can go deeper if y'all want to, but, um, but y'all already know. I, I, I'm going to fall back from some of this, some of what I would normally do because I know this environment, it could bother someone and make things look a little weird in relation to how they would look at the faith. And when I begin to share the gospel with them, they won't see the gospel, they'll see the meme of my liberty. What, 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 and, 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 and so Paul says, listen, what makes my life commendable is I'm not doing me. See, that's our problem. Too many of us wanna do us. When you become a believer, you is over. Okay. I know it wasn't proper English, but it did preach. I'm just letting you know (laughs) that you're over. And because you're now over, you're now over. Now, I'm not telling you that you can't enjoy liberties. I know some of y'all like to drink. Room got real quiet. (laughs) I know some of y'all like to puff a cigar. Nothing wrong with that. Every now and then. I know some of y'all are older Christians like, oh, no, no, it's, 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 it's not. It's a liberty. It's a liberty. However, 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 Taking a picture with a group of folks with some cognac in your hand and a cigar talking about wrecking crew. I'm just giving you an example. I don't know, family. I I don't know if I want to promote, promote, everybody can't handle this. Like, what are you talking, like, what spirit are you of, fam? Like, like, that's not even how we roll as believers to, like, promote our liberty in a way that could crush somebody. Do that, do that by the fire pit in the backyard with the, with the clothes fence up. Without getting drunk and without getting high. And so, and so Paul says, Paul says a commendable life lays stuff down and, st- and doesn't feel constricted. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't feel, constri- I got to move through this text, but they, they don't feel constricted by it because, because, because it's like Christ is my freedom, not my freedom. See the difference? See, I, see, being free isn't about your enjoyment 
of a sublevel desire and enjoyment of freedom, Christ is your freedom. So even if you feel fleshly constricted, you should feel spiritually liberated because you're diving your heart into the freedom and joy, listen, of what God has given you the grace to experience in Christ. And because he's bigger than that thing, man, I'll fall back from that right now. Oh, I gotta move, gotta move. Um, what happened when, guess what happened when Paul let go of his liberties? Let me just, uh, just, just temporary suspension or lifetime suspension, right? So it's a different thing, I'm gonna just give you a list. Shut down idolatrous businesses, freed people from human trafficking, confronted racism, shattered legalism and religion, crushed licentiousness, unveiled false intellectualism, preached Jesus as the living God, was countercultural, connected with culture, and transcended culture. That's a banging list right there. And so I love that reality that God gives us the grace to transcend that. And so as he begins to lay this reality out about no one finding fault with his ministry, look at what he says beautifully enough. He says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves or present ourselves in a commendable way. I love this, as servants of God, present ourselves in a commendable way to provide evidence of a personal characteristic or claim or action that demonstrates God's gospel. Next point, last point. This is the longer one. Uh, if you're gonna live a commendable life, a commendable life focuses on evidences of God's grace in all areas of life. <laughs> focuses on evidences of God's grace in all areas of life. Now Paul begins to lay down, he said, now this is what I deal with, and this is what makes, like, this is what makes Christianity commendable. This is, he's not just preaching, he's not preaching himself. Yet he's given an exemplary example in very practical terms in his life, not just his life, his crew, the people he rolled with rolled like this. So if you understand this, this book, he's talking not about himself when he begins. He's talking about the type of people that he rolls with, he submits to as an apostle, and lets hold him accountable. In other words, he has people in his life that he invites to be a community of challenge to him. He wasn't too apostolic to not let Titus or Timothy or Silas or Epaphroditus or a Priscilla or Aquila or Phoebe get in his grill. Y'all not gonna talk back to me, it's all right. Listen, listen, he, he wasn't a dude that was like up on some high horse that couldn't receive a challenge from someone he perceived less spiritually mature than him. That's the sense of the aromatic fragrance of the text. He's trying to get us to get off of our high horse and be in community with people that are willing to go the same direction and challenge you and you challenge them. This is crazy. He's trying to build that idea. Let me tell you how much I need that. I need, oh God, help me before I start crying again. Mm. I need, I've had, I, I need the elders on my back challenging me. I need my wife challenging me. I need my friends challenging me. 
I need the flock. If you see some pastor, what's good with this? Don't send me a random letter. Come to me. Talk to me. Let's get it in. If you see something, talk to me. Don't let me fall off the ship. He says through this in this passage, I love this. I love the list that he gives. <laughs> Pauline lists are funny to me because he loves to give lists to just give you a glimpse. He said, these are, these are my memes right here. These are my, like his stuff, his straight, this is the most vulnerable Paul has ever been in this book. <clears throat> Three times he gives several lists of fights of stuff he's working through as an apostle. <laughs> and he's being extremely vulnerable. Anybody that's not vulnerable, I'm scared of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of people that don't never show some of your heart sometimes. If you're a fortress, you're the weakest person on the planet. If you're open, you're the strongest person on the planet. <laughs> because you let God strengthen you, you don't let your appearance of who you present yourself as strengthens you. Ah, help me, God. Look at what he says. I don't know if I'm going to finish this, but he says, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. Hold on. Can I just stop there? Every way. In everything, everything's open. Everything's fair game for judgment. Christians don't say stuff like only God can judge me. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Who wants God to judge them? <laughs> Who wants that? That's the dumbest that's the, it is, I'm, I said it's dumb. I want y'all to judge me so that when I get before the beam, I'm like, well, you know, dealt with that already, God. What else you got? You know, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Dude, I want to be judged. Like, I'm, I'm judged rightly, but I ain't trying to, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't, anyway. So he says, he says, he says, he says, I, I commend myself in every way. He said, in other words, my life is open to challenge. Yet commendability of affirmation is not just put me on blast, it's also encouraged. Look, so look at what it says. He says, by great endurance, man, <coughs> guess what that assumes? Hard times. Very, oh God, help me keep staying together. Very, very hard trials. Great endurance. He's not bragging about his ability to endure. If you understand God's word, you know that endurance is done by faith in what Christ has done, and the Spirit gives you gospel perseverance to stand in craziness. That's, 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 let, me, let me just read this. Let me just read Romans 5 real quick. I'm trying to keep it together, y'all. This is emotional. I'm... Just, just pray for me. Good gracious. I feel like my Bible's just wet. Um, man. It says, therefore, verse 1, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him, we also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand as we rejoice in hope of the glory of God, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, 
knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not put to shame. This is, this is, this is core stuff. This is where the rubber meets the road for you. The commendable life is not how issueless your life is. That's not commendable. It's nothing commendable by everything going well all the time. That's the glory of the gospel. The beauty of the, he said great endurance, this is, this is mind boggling. He says great endurance pointing to the fact that he's gone through hellacious circumstances and it required the Holy Spirit to keep him beyond his willingness to give up. <laughs> that, 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 that's what he's saying. He said, he said, when he says great endurance, he's not like, yo, we be killing it, man. That's not what he's saying. He said, I, it, my, my situation was so bad that God had to grab me and hold me in place to stay there through the whole thing. Lord, have mercy. That's a good word from the Bible. I love the fact that God helps us in these ailments of brokenness to strengthen us in the might and beauty of who, we, who he is beyond. Listen, first chapter one says that he wanted to give up. That God did put on him more than he can bear, contrary to cliche, Christian cliches. He said, but it was to show that Christ raises the dead. Oh my God. <laughs> this is beautiful stuff. It's beautiful stuff. And so look at what he says. He says, great endurance. He says, do great endurance in afflictions, in hardships, calamities. Listen to the type of stuff he's talking about. This is like, who, who says this? He says, this is what makes all like a beatings, plural. He ain't talking about his mom and daddy beating him. He's talking about inflicting like crazy wounds. One time Paul got stoned on the outside of a city and left, they just left him there. I mean, have you ever been like robbed? Paul been robbed like on the road because they carried all their money. They had like a bank to like, let me put it in the bank and Western Union it over here. Like he ain't had none of that. They had money on them. Dudes was running, in D.C., we called them capers. You, I mean, <laughs> you know, dudes was coming robbing dudes that was on journeys. And he's all, I mean, this is the type of beatings. This is crazy, right? Crazy. Look, imprisonment. He went to jail for stuff he didn't do. Riot started because he preached the gospel, and it disagreed with the philosophies that was in the environment that he was communicating the gospel in. <laughs> I'm not going to finish all of this. Labors and insomnia. <laughs> he said, I've had some sleepless nights. He said, I had some times, to be honest, where I was in a place where, and they didn't have sleeping aids back then. I mean, let's think of find some turkey or something, like <laughs> warm milk. I don't even know if they knew that right? 
So you just had to deal with your sleep this night. What's, what's, what, what, am, what am I saying? What am I saying with all of this? I, I'm going to finish the rest of this next week. I, 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 I want, as, as a shepherd, and I'm talking to me, because I go in and out of understanding the Christian life well. Because sometimes you'll get in a mindset where you're like, you get angry at God because you think you deserve something that he hasn't given you. But stuff's happening in your life that doesn't align with what you want him to do. So you assume, based on bad thinking, that God isn't active. Do you hear me today? And what you begin to do is you begin to create intimacy distance from God because, listen, he hasn't given you what you want. When you want it and how you want it, then you begin to look at other people who appear to be doing better and they're not. And you begin to argue with God about him doing something for them that he didn't do for you. God, I've been waiting for you on this. God, I've been wanting you to do this. Listen, listen, and then not realizing that what you're experiencing places you, listen, places you. You're in the right place. Listen, somebody need to hear. You're right where you are supposed to be. It's okay if you're not on the cover of a magazine. It's okay if your business doesn't become a Fortune 500 company. I'm not saying I don't want that to happen. I don't don't receive that. Uh, So what? Like, I'm just letting you know, normal, hard, ups and downs, being kept by God, taken care of, yet things working out, things not working out, is normal. It's normal, and it's good for you. That's why he said it was good for me that I was afflicted. Some stuff, if God would have given you everything you prayed for, you wouldn't be the Christian you are today. See, see, prayer isn't really about God answering your prayers. It's not. It's about your heart being exposed and him aligning you with his will. Through wrestling. Some of you are wrestling. I'm closing. Some of you are wrestling with the Lord right now. And the Lord says, I know you don't feel like I love you. I know you don't feel like I'm blessing you. But where your bank account is, is my will. The jobs that didn't open up is my will. The thing that did open up is my will. The school you didn't get into was my will. The spouse you didn't get was my will. My will. And you need to not embrace your circumstances, embrace me. And it'll make all that other stuff fade to black. And you'll be in another place again where you're wrestling. See, it does, spiritual maturity, see most of us closing, think spiritual maturity works like this. I'll just get to a place where I'm okay. No. <laughs> that like, I'm just trying to help you today. It's you continuing to cling to the fact that you know you won't be okay. 
and that you need to keep grabbing a hold of God to help you in your lack of okayness. I'm done. I'm done. Um, Lord God, <coughs> maybe there's someone here. Man, someone here that doesn't know you, and they're hearing about this Christian life that's so different than what they thought it would have been. What changes? The soul. Circumstances do, do sometimes. But the main thing is the soul changes. Maybe someone's here today and they don't know Jesus as Savior. We want to give you an opportunity to put your faith in what he's done for you through his death on the cross and his resurrection for you. <laughs> if you're here today and you've never placed your faith and confidence in Jesus Christ, slip your hand in the air and we'd love to talk to you about what it means to go from spiritual death to spiritual life based on putting your faith in him and him getting up on the third day for you, for me, if you put faith in him, trust that he did that for you, you'll be saved. Slip your hand in there, anyone. Anyone says, yeah, I want Jesus. I want, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want to be saved from God's anger towards my sin and embraced, embraced by him. Anyone in here today? Amen. I don't want to shortchange this service. Shortchange. If there's anyone in here today, God hit you right where you were. Come up so I can pray for you. I, I want to pray very quickly. If you're like, man, I know this is, this is the, this whole situation is my struggle. This is my heart's wrestle. Is <laughs> that God just doesn't do things on my terms and I don't even see what he does rightly. And I want, I want him to nurture me in seeing things rightly, seeing his love rightly, seeing his goodness rightly. If that's you, seeing his timing, seeing all things, I, I, God, I just, I just need the strength to like, Lord, what in the world, God? And it's crazy, you're in his will and don't know it. Most Christians view the will of God as exaltation, not humiliation. And um, I'm not trying to preach to you to worship suffering. That's not what we're saying. Yet, the mundane, underwhelming life is normal because it drives us to faithfulness in him. Lord, I pray for all of these men and women who have come forward. God, it is such, I mean, the, the world system and our embrace of it has done such a mind job on us to view blessing in particular ways. And when we look at the scriptures, it just seems to me to paint a different picture of what life is like. Some of us standing up here may be jealous of other people's opportunities. Crucify it, God. Crucify the envy. Crucify the coveting. There are people dreaming up here, and I'm praying for dreams to come to pass. You know we believe in you, people dreaming, and you call us to ask for big stuff. Like, so we're not acting like 
big stuff isn't your will. However, like the big stuff isn't really the big stuff. That's, that's, that's the thing we got to get in our heart. That's a hard thing to get. In. The big stuff is what you do in us. The big stuff is you moving us. Like it, it was a huge deal, God, for you to change us from spiritual death to spiritual life. It, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal for you to move us from being barricaded in, in our stubbornness, in our pride and in our greed. To be free from that, that's a big deal. God, I pray for these men and women that you would help us, I'm concluding myself, to be on such a ferocious trajectory of fighting to understand things from a gospel perspective. That most things in this life don't get rushed. They're slow, monotonous, <laughs> and take time. Stuff takes time to happen. Quick doesn't mean blessed. Help us to understand that, God. But the arduous, slow, snail, turtle life is the Christian life. And God, I just pray that you would Help your people to know this is your will. The wrestling is your will. The disappointment is your will. The frustration, because you give the chance for us to cling to you. Do that for your namesake, God. Empower, frame, and work in the way that you can only work. We love you to death, God. And help us to keep being reminded of this. Keep being reminded of this. This is something you can get for a second and then jump back out there and start scrolling down someone's page, trolling, and then start back at it again. There it is again. God, help us to troll the scriptures and embrace and, and graft that word in us so that we can be locked and loaded for you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen, 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 amen.